This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my co-host, Bree Tucker. Hello, hello, everybody. How are you? <laughs> I just can't do it without singing it. I just can't. I, I like need to sing it. I have the need, the need to sing. Okay, I honestly think life would be a little bit better if we all sang a little bit more. I mean, have you seen the movie Elf? Yeah. The easiest way to spread cheer for everyone. Wait, something about singing. You have to sing to spread cheer for everybody to hear. I don't know. Anyway, it's something like that. I think it's yeah. a good idea. I used to do it with my kids. Yeah. Did you ever do that with I, your kids? We sing all the time. We make up like parodies to songs. Like if I need them to do something, my favorite one is actually, this isn't a parody, but if they're asking me something over and over again, I'm like, my name is no. My son is no. My number is no. You've got to let it go. You've got to let it go. And I'll like, I love do that. stuff like that. Uh, when my kids were little, one of the best like little tips, tricks, whatever we figured out was that when they were grumpy and they would start fighting or just being grumpy, we would start the, oh my gosh, the rhyme about the watermelons down by the sea. Oh my. So down by the bay. Yes. Down by the bay <laughs> where the watermelons grow. Come on, you can't be in a bad mood when you're expected to rhyme about silly things. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we used that at camp all the time when I was a camp counselor. We would constantly use songs Oh, it all would the time because it just makes you happier. And like if you had to walk somewhere like hikes and all the kids were complaining about going on a hike, which they would do a lot, <laughs> which is it's never ending because now my kids complain about hiking too. We would sing and it just helps you get your mind off things. And it doesn't matter if you're a good singer or whatever. See, I completely agree with that. So you got an angry or grumpy person in the family, start a sing-along. At first, they're going to roll their eyes at you and tell you that you're embarrassing, but just let that egg you want. Just let it feed you. Oh my just gosh, let it yes, feed let your it soul. Feed you. Mm -hmm. and, and then it gets even better. <laughs> it gets so good. And sometimes do it for the eye rolls. Like do it for the eye rolls. Be like, how fast can I make my kids eye roll? 
<laughs> I know, right? I do it for the eye roll. The I eye roll. The eye roll. Yeah. That's, so whew. somebody who must know a lot about eye rolls because she has teenagers is our guest, Hillary Erickson. Do you like yes. a segue? <laughs> yes, I did. That was really good. A little seamless thing there. But Hillary is, uh, she's a former pregnancy nurse. Well, she, I mean, I think you're technically always a pregnancy nurse. It's just like if you're currently in the hospital or not. I don't know. She's not currently a nurse right now, but she runs the website Pulling Curls uh, and she's creative of courses that simplify family life. Yes. And I got so excited finding out that she lived here just down the road from us. She's like two miles away. I had no idea. It's it's so funny because I met Hillary because we were part of the blogging community and we Mm -hmm. were all at this conference in Scottsdale. Oh, it was a long time ago. Like, six, seven years ago. I've been in this field a while. But yeah, we met there and we've just kept in contact. And so that's, yeah, and she lives two miles away and I have not seen her for seven years. Oh my gosh. But we talk online all the time. (laughs) Well, she's a lot of fun. And I was listening to her podcast because she has her Pulling Curls podcast and um, they were really awesome. I love the one where she uh, did a, a vaccine trial. Oh Talked yeah, about that, that, was, that really cool. was fascinating when she because I was following along on stories and uh, I didn't even know she had an episode about it. But oh, her whole experience is fascinating. So if you are interested in that, she has a podcast, Pulling Curls, that you can go listen to. And we hope that you enjoy our interview with Hillary. This episode is brought to you by the Drama Free Homework Checklist. Oh my gosh, if you are just dreading your kid's homework every single night, the fighting and the whining and just the procrastinating and you want it to stop, pick up our Drama Free Homework Checklist. It's absolutely free. Go grab it at noguiltmom.com backslash DFH dash checklist. You can also find a link to it in the show notes. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Hillary. We're so happy to have you here. Oh, me and my no guilt are here. We are ready to talk. Yay. Okay. So one of the things that you do at Pulling Curls is you talk a lot about home organization, but you didn't start out that way. In fact, uh, most recently you were a labor and delivery nurse. So could you tell us a little bit about your story and how you went from like labor and delivery to also doing organization? Yeah. So that is kind of weird because I worked as a labor and delivery nurse for 20 years. I just recently left it. Who knows if I'm going back? I haven't decided yet, but I have to say, so we lived in the Bay area in California, super, super expensive, had a tiny little house, uh, 1100 square feet. And by the time I had my third, they were all going to be in one bedroom and just like, I feel like the nesting with my third baby broke me and I just became like an organizing fiend and I really worked to decide what we really needed and also like Tetris it in, in a way that we could get it out easily. 
Oh man, space will do that to you. But yeah, and I can't imagine because even like California living conditions, I used to live in LA and they are so much smaller than they are out here where we both are in Arizona. So I couldn't imagine three in one room either. Yeah, we I had like measured it all out. We had the crib, we had bunk beds. Yeah, it was awesome. So just during that, I just started to get really into like organizing and prioritizing what we really needed. And it really helped. And then we moved to a house that was over double the size in Arizona. So then you start to realize what you really need. And also you can build more storage because you have more room. And so it kind of expanded my horizons versus just, you know, we need to get all this stuff in this tiny little space. And did, did you think though, like, cause I know when I have a bigger space, your stuff actually grows to fill the space. Like have, did you find that? Yes. And no, like we have two rooms that we don't use all that much really in my house. Like there's stuff in it. And I think you can still prioritize what you have, but I think there's a saying, wherever you go, there you are. And I think it's funny that my friends who we all had super tiny houses, we were young moms back in the day and they've gotten bigger houses and they're still just as cluttered as they were when we all had tiny little houses like that you you just are where who you are and so it doesn't really matter if you live in a small or a big place you're still you yeah I good point I find that's true too because a lot of people are like oh if only I had a bigger house I wouldn't have so much clutter but really <laughs> oh it's like, it's like the whole I'll just I'll liken that to the whole purse thing we all do it and we have the small purse and it's like oh I can't fit everything in here I'm gonna get this big purse and you get the big purse and all of a sudden everything fits and you're like oh but I can also put in a water bottle now and this and that and it's like yeah. Yeah. All the things. Yeah, that's kind. Of- so now you help other people organize. Yeah. So I have uh, I still have a prenatal class. I mean, that's probably my main job. I consider myself a prenatal educator. But once you make a class for one thing, you're like, you know, I am also really good at this other thing. And so I'm just I really enjoy teaching families that our houses don't have to look Pinterest perfect. But when we keep it organized, everything goes so much better because you can find the stuff you need. You're not feeling stressed out. It's not adding to your stress. Right. Because your home is supposed to be somewhere that you feel relaxed and comfortable and brings you some degree of peace. I mean, we can't control the other people in the house and the stress that that comes from that. I love my kids, but (laughs) it's not. Yeah, it's hard. So how how do you feel like being organized has made everything better? Yeah. So after we moved here, like my husband left his job and we thought he was going to get a new job, but then he didn't. I was picking up extra shifts as a nurse, like an idiot. I was also the PTA president and it was just a super stressful point in my life. I was also working to, you know, build my website. And I think the biggest benefit is that my house wasn't adding to my stress. It was supporting our family, you know, through this, I wasn't worried about the state of my home. And I think when you go through stressful times, one of the best things about having an organization organized house is that it supports you rather than you just being owned by the clutter in your house. Oh, I could, I could see that happening. Although I feel like sometimes I am owned by the clutter in my house. What about you, Brie? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but I'm thinking to myself, like just recently you redecorated your office here, Joanne. Yeah. And the joy that it's you had so much joy. It feels so great. But you know what? Looking at my desk right now, the clutter has started to reappear. Well, and- wait a second. You were dealing with techie issues. So I think a lot of that clutter there was a lot of- <laughs> related to that. I think you'll get clutter that builds up. And I think that's very normal as moms, because sometimes you've got 16 plates in the air. And but the beauty of having a system is that you can easily put that stuff away. And in five to 10 minutes, it's back to, you know, the you were hoping for. Yeah. Oh, a system. Okay. So this is something like I don't have, and I hope we get more into that. 
because you talk a lot about prioritizing what each room is for. So like, tell us a little more about that. What does that look like? for moms. Yeah. So for me, it's really important for me to narrow things down because I'm a kind of a person that like I have the whole world and I can just do whatever I want. I feel overwhelmed. But when I narrow it down, so in each room, I I tell moms like, let's decide what kind of zones we're going to have. Cause some people use their kitchen for crafts, which is totally fine, but I've decided to make my kitchen a craft free zone. We keep our crafts elsewhere. And so when I come across a craft, I know that it needs to not go in the kitchen because that's not part of the zone. So it just really helps me delineate the lines. Now, of course I do have a glue stick hanging out in my kitchen because you know, glue sticks, but you, you, you know, for everything. Yeah. I think I don't have pom-poms in my kitchen. I don't have craft sticks, those kinds of things. It just helps me delineate what's going to go in that room and what isn't. And I'm not saying that my zone's perfect. I think if you had the kitchen that was right for crafts, then 100% put crafts in your kitchen. But, you know, it's not make work what what works for you. So what I'm hearing is that, you know, make boundaries for yourself on like organizing spaces. And if something doesn't belong in there, say it's like, I don't know, stuff on one counter in the kitchen, we have this one counter, everything collects on, then you know, as soon as you see an item on that counter to remove it. So it's like a boundary almost. Yes, 100%. And it just helps you, you know, make choices quicker, because I think so many people get bogged down in all the choices with um, organizing. That oh, when yeah. you have choices already made for you by setting that boundary, then you just can move along quicker. And that doesn't mean that you can't change the boundary. We used to have a homework area in our kitchen when my kids were little. And later I just decided, I'm like, do it in your room. I'm done with you kids. So that the homework area is <laughs> I gone. Want, I want my space back. No, I, well, that yeah. doesn't mean they can't do homework in my kitchen. I'm just not going to keep homework crap in my kitchen. They can keep it in the room. Right. Yeah. I... <laughs> Well, no, because that's what happens in my house too. Like if I, if my kids start doing something somewhere, then slowly all their stuff starts creeping in there. Mm-hmm. It does. And, and yeah, no, I have to remind my kids that every day we get home from school. Don't forget your backpack and your violin and all that stuff goes back to your room, not my living room, your room. (laughs) And like decision fatigue is real. And so when we have to remind people of like all these little things and we don't have like this hard and fast set rule, it just makes our lives harder. So I love having that like zone where only certain things are allowed. I want to make little signs. So this is a, this is a backpack free zone. This is a craft free zone. You can put them in your home decor. Like you do in the bathroom. Brie puts home decor, like rules. So like my kids have a hard time with keeping their bathroom clean. So I found this like cute little sign that says like, remember, wash your hands, flush the toilet, brush your teeth. And I'm like, that's my thing. So I don't have to tell you your routines. I just point to the sign, the cute sign that's on the wall. There you go. It works. (laughs) Does it work? I don't think it would work. it works in the sense that I'm like, I point to the sign and they go, oh, and then they, they go back and do less stuff. words. It works in that way. Yeah. My kids, yeah. like they got used to having like checklists and stuff. I would like, I was weird when they were younger and I would, well, not weird. I just had more funk for the organization mm. and I would put them in like frames. And so it was dry erase board. So they're used to directions being framed and on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's like continuing the trend. It's yes. Just, well, a lot of us, I think, feel like we kind of we suck at organizing and we are just so overwhelmed and we can't make it happen. But, um, but you have a few tips for us about what to do when we're totally overwhelmed. So 
Hey all, it is Joanne and Bree here and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick treatment away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. But what's, what's the first thing we should do? So everyone emails me and they're like, I just don't know where to start. And honestly, I think that's an excuse because I know that feeling, but it doesn't, here's the tip. It doesn't matter where you start. Like, that's when you insert the magical chimes. It, it really doesn't matter where there's not a bad place to start organizing. Like when you're cleaning, it's good to start at the top, but organizing is not the same as cleaning. You're not, you know, your clutter's not going to fall down like dust. Mm-hmm. So like with not like, what if you just can't make a decision <laughs> and you're like, okay, I know there's no best place to start, but I'm looking at all this and I'm like, uh, and then you just go and you like crawl under your covers and put on Netflix and forget about organizing. (laughs) I always start in a corner because I like to do, I like to do a counter or a clockwise circle. So in my kitchen, I just clockwise circle around the kitchen to get things clean. So I start in a corner. I just keep moving. Yep. I like that. So like now I only have to pick out of four things, just <laughs> as long as there's four corners in the room, because some rooms, man, you get like the like outcrops and the, right. yeah. Yeah. Those little okay. cubbies are just awful. <laughs> so, so start in a corner. I like that. What is your second tip? Okay. So 
so often I think I'll just organize the stuff in the drawer. It'll be fine. Pull everything out. It doesn't seem like it'll be quicker, but honestly, it doesn't take that long to empty a drawer and then quickly take like a microfiber and wipe out any dust or whatever, and then put the things back in the drawer. Because not only will you find those things that never should have belonged in there that you probably would have left in before, but it just makes it so much easier to put things back and to prioritize what actually needs to go in the drawer rather than kind of thinking like, well, everything just kind of needs to stay in here and you slam the drawer shut. I do that with my closet too. I love that tip because like when you put things back in your closet after emptying it out, you're like, is this worth a space? Yeah. I run into that with drawers too. Like when I'm doing the drawers, if I do pull stuff out, which I love that advice there, Hillary, because I'll, I'll pull it out and be like, oh, I have batteries here. Okay. I know I have batteries here because I live in a three-story house and I don't have to run down another floor to get batteries, but really this is not where it belongs. I don't need it. And it'll get me to move it by taking it out. So yeah, there's a filing cabinet drawer. I might tackle after this interview. (laughs) Yeah. You're like halfway there if you pull everything out because you know, it's out. You're committed. You're you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. dude, I'm doing this now. There's no running back to Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to fool yourself and be like, I'm professional. I don't need to pull everything out. Yeah. And usually it's like, no, you need to pull it all out. And uh, then you have a big mess that you have to take care of. Which That's, and, it's and you realize all the crap you have. I think that also keeps me from buying anything. I distinctly remember cleaning out a closet once a few years ago when I was working from home and I got unmotivated halfway through. My ex-husband came home and was so mad at me because <laughs> that stuff sat there for like a week before I found my motivation to finish it. It's, so yeah, big yeah. jobs like that are hard. They're yeah, hard pulling it out. So there's no best place to start. Pull everything out. And what's like the third step of this? Process? So the third step is to give yourself the props when it gets done. I just did my shoes. And I would knock off shoes every time I would walk into my closet because they were all just kind of piled there. So I just tossed three pairs of shoes and I can't tell you how much easier it is to get in the closet, how much happier I am when I look at it. I just feel a weight lifted off of me. And it sounds kind of dumb to be like so excited about organizing your shoes, but I've chosen to just allow myself to be like, you did a great job with that. That feels so great. You're amazing. That should be my, my self-talk after I organize rather than like, eh, you organize. No big deal. I, I like that little like switch in thinking because I do the same thing. When I organize something, I go and I look at it and I admire it. And then I like stop looking at it. And then I go back and look at it and admire it. And then I chastise myself that I'm not getting anything else done because I'm just looking at the good job I did. But I should be looking at the good job I did. You should. I mean, we do that to our kids too, right? We tell them that to be proud of their effort and the things that they've managed to do. And then yet when it comes to us, we feel guilty if we give ourselves props for something. Yeah, like we're wasting time. Yeah. No, I love that. Love that. Yeah. Love it. So, and I think it helps you maintain that area. Like I just did my pantry and it is just so great. And I want to make sure that all my can labels are pointing out at me. It just makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. The pantry is one too. I did my spice cabinet, which it needs a redo because now there's like spice crumbs everywhere. It's still all organized Whoa. and alphabetized. It is alphabetized. Whoa. Um, I alphabetize like everything I can, but um, yeah, I totally know how that is. Yeah. So give yourself mm-hmm. props people. Give it props. Give props. Uh, So we asked this of everybody. What's your favorite hack to make your kids more self-sufficient? Send them to the dorms. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. You know what? (laughs) Throw them out there. Let them figure it out for themselves. And all of a sudden, they're going to care a lot more about things. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And actually going to an apartment helped even more than the dorm. So it's all a process. But for us, it's always timers. You know, I set the timer and that's the time that they should have it done. And the timer is their coach. I'm not their coach. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. I I love timers as well. I totally endorse that self-sufficiency hack because then you don't have to be the bad guy. It's the timer going off being like, "Mm, timer said so. Yeah. 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 So what's coming up for you, Hillary, that you're excited about? I mean, more virtual school. We're still in virtual school, even though you guys, you and me only live like two miles apart. You guys are in person. (laughs) We're not. So I know Uh, it's just like the districts are separated by the freeway and that's like it. (laughs) So we've got one more month of virtual school to look forward to, but we did plan us. So we had a cruise canceled this summer and we have planned a trip to Boston. And even though part of me is like, don't fall too in love with this plan. It is so exciting to have something to look forward to. So I'm going to put it on the back burner of my brain for a couple of months and then pull it to the forward burner and hopefully we can go. Yeah. And I think it's so important. Like I read an article about during this pandemic about how some people don't want to make plans because they're afraid the plans will get canceled. But really in terms of mental health, making plans is a really great thing. Like even if they do get canceled, it gives you something to look forward to happening. And then you can just readjust. We need that silver lining right now, don't we? We totally need the silver lining. (laughs) Although I don't know that that was the second time that cruise got canceled. We booked last summer and then we booked again this summer and that was pretty hard. So that's why I'm like, you know, don't fall too in love with this next trip, but it's there. Your heart's been broken too much. (laughs) It has. I get it. I get it. I I mean, I I like we had a trip to Germany last year and like right in the middle of the pandemic was when they shut right in the middle of rather our trip was when they shut down the borders to the US. And so we had to like get on like a website at 2 a.m. in the morning and book a flight home that day. And so I totally get vacation disappointment. Was that really the middle of your trip? I thought it was like it was really, four days in. I was gonna say it was only a few days in, and yeah. then like you said, your phone was going off because of the time change. Yeah, every single one of her friends, we were all <clears throat> myself included, going, Joanne, wake up, get out of there, get out now. Yeah, the vacation disappointment is real. Yeah, the trauma. Yeah. But it is exciting to have something to look forward. I, I think we all need to, especially because there's good news from the vaccine, have something to look forward. And to. you're vaccinated. You did well, the the trial. Well, maybe I am. I'm still not maybe. Oh, you don't know yet. You don't know no. yet. I did an antibody test and it came back faintly positive. So, and everyone uh. in my house said I felt like it was a pregnancy test again, like back in the day. But um, <laughs> they all were like, "No, there's a line there." So That's maybe. So <laughs> well, I remember you you were like posting on your stories when you got it, and you were saying like, "Oh, there's a lot of pain at the injection site, and this is definitely not saline or something like that." <laughs> she actually being does. A nurse. She actually has a whole episode on it. I Oh, really? To it oh. And I enjoyed it very much. Thank you, Hillary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was super interesting being in the study as a nurse and I'm very pro vaccine. I've given lots of vaccines as a nurse. So I wanted to just put my muscle where my mouth was, but I think I got it. It did hurt. I had a slight fever the first night, but I will get unblinded when AstraZeneca gets their act together, which could be <laughs> <When> they got- <laughs> Oh man. Well, it was interesting. It's interesting. And yes. definitely like go and listen to Hillary's podcast. Uh, if you want to hear more of that story and Hillary it has been a joy having you here thank you so much yeah it's so fun being on thanks you guys and we'll talk to you soon oh hey everybody it's us Blair and Molly your old pals from toddler purgatory two moms who are also actors who are also creative beings who sometimes feel stuck and now we're back 
with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So, join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts, starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Man, it's always so much fun talking to Hillary. It is. <laughs> you know, and she inspired me. She inspired me to reorganize my filing cabinet drawer. Yes, I was so excited. Like the next day I come in, you're like, bree, bree, bree. I got something oh cool. God. Because you guys have no idea what the filing cabinet drawer was like before. It was literally like I would open the drawer and I would put another stack of paper in. And it was like a stack of paper, but in a drawer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like I couldn't see it, but I couldn't find things. And now like it has labels and file folders and the whole process just made me feel so much more organized and put together. Right. And that's the point of organization. It's to help decrease your stress. Yes, it so is. You don't have to organize more than what you're comfortable with. I'm trying. And she talks about that. She does. And you know what? I'm trying to get my son to like see the benefits of organization, but he is fighting me so hard. Like just this morning, he was stressed because he couldn't find socks. And I think we've talked before about how he's refusing to fold his laundry. I'm like, oh, like here, I'll just help you. I'll help you make your bed this morning because my purpose in that was like, I feel so much better when my bed is made in the morning. Like maybe he just needs that feeling. And so I made his bed. He's like, I don't feel better with my bed made. It makes me feel more stressed. I like it unmade. I'm like, hmm. okay, noted. So, okay. I'll leave. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to throw this out there. Mm-hmm. Sounds like somebody might be dealing with the whole checklist. You can't tell me what to do. You, yeah, I think he does. He's very <laughs> stubborn. Like I get the stubbornness too. And that's why I didn't react to it. I'm like, okay. And I just left yeah. the room. I'm like, no big emotional reaction. I'm just, I'm just going to leave. They, you know, I think that's a key factor with kids a lot of times. I mean, we throw out our advice that we have. And, and again, like coming back to this episode, even with Hillary, she asked like what we learned about parenting from, from having our kids. And I, and I think a big thing that we all know about parenting is that we have a plethora of experience, mm-hmm. good or bad. 
It's our experience. And we see our kids a lot of times going through the same experiences that we did Mm -hmm. because, oh, I don't know, history repeats itself. I mean, whatever. And then we try to give that advice, that support that, you know, we wish we had had to our kids and they fight us on it. And now I'm starting to realize that my parents probably gave me the same same support. I probably did the same thing to them. I know I did the same thing to them. Like, I remember the anger I felt whenever I was given advice about what to do. Really? Always. Like, in I I think of that when I try when I give advice to my kids and I see them clam up and I'm like, okay, I think I know what they're feeling right now and I just need to back off a bit because oh, don't like even now, can't tell me what to do. I get so angry. I'm better dealing with it now as a grown up. Like I don't completely shut down. But it's I don't know what it is. Like I can't pinpoint it. It's more like a feeling of like I don't have control over my life or like maybe giving advice like you don't realize what it's like to be in my shoes, even though as parents, we kind of do. But that's not the thought process of our kids. They don't realize that yet. They don't realize that. It's all about offering that advice Mm -hmm. and then graciously stepping back as best we can graciously. Maybe it's through gritted teeth. Yeah. Maybe it's through clenched fists. (laughs) Yeah, but actually both you and I have sneaky ways that we get advice through to our kids. Oh, yeah. And it's always like talking about our own struggles and like what we're dealing with. And then I'll ask them for advice. I did this like in the car the other day with my daughter because she spends a lot of time now on her phone. And I was like, you know, I just don't like the amount of time I spend on my phone. Like I feel like I it takes so much time from other things I'm doing and I get like so mad. And I'm like, what do you think I should do? And she would she gave me her advice on what she thought I should do. So I'm hoping that that just sticks in the back of her mind a little bit. I think it will. Mm-hmm. I think it will, especially when you're able to even take that second step of coming back and telling them like, hey, I saw some results with it. Mm-hmm. This helped. Or saying, oh, man, I'm still struggling. Do you have any other ideas? Mm-hmm. And make it all about you. And But it's really all about them. Yeah. It's the sneakiest way. I hope no littles are listening. No, because they, they, totally, they can't know our, they can't know our secrets. It totally works. <laughs> <laughs> So remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, You'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.